and shared Holy Communion. Forty years. And I think that sometimes when we do that, we do it often. You know, we just think it's a, a something that we do in the church and we go through it and then it's over. And it's such a tiny cup. It's such a little piece of bread when we know that Jesus sat at the table, you know, with bread and he sat at the table with the, the, the blessing of the fruit of the vine. And I just want so much for God to move in a supernatural way in our house. I just want so much for when we go to the house of the Lord. And I know that you love the Lord. And I, I want to say to you that what is in this house is because the word of God is in this house. You know, we can preach a sermon. The only thing that's done in eternity about that sermon is the word of God that's said. Not our thoughts, not our feelings, not our desires, but what the word of God says. And so this morning, I just want this to all be about Jesus, all about the bread of heaven, all about the fruit of the vine, and all about his suffering. Because without his suffering, we would not have the blessing and so when you look at this, my message was entitled, Remember the Blessing. And in 1 Corinthians, and this is what the text comes from, but I'm, I'm really not going to preach in totality this morning what I have here, but I am going to talk briefly. And 1 Corinthians 10, 17, and 18, because the presence of the Lord is here so strong, if you would just turn your Bibles and let your eyes go over this passage of Scripture as I read it, so that we can have a deeper meaning. You know, you can never outrun the depth of God's word. And I want us to have a a deeper meaning this morning because God has spoke to us. His presence is here when we came into the house. And it's it's just a different day today because he has has come into not only our temple, but the temple of the Lord. So 1 Corinthians 10, 17, and 18, this is what I want us to remember. It says the cup of blessing, which we bless, because that's what we're going to do today. We're going to bless the the emblems, or we're going to bless the cup, the fruit of the vine. And it says this cup that we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? This bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body, and of we are all partakers of that one bread you know for years the catholics have had um, a lot of discussion about the bread and the wine being the body and the blood of christ but here's what the word says it says is it not that and what that means that's not his literal body and flesh here because that's that's the physical thing but the spiritual communion is his blood and his body that he broke on calvary so i want us to turn to Isaiah, and this is not my message today, but this is why I feel the Lord is saying to us today that if if we would deepen our relationship with Christ, the body and the blood, if we would take more time to have communion with the Lord, then we we will grow in his spirit. So what's more important today is not my message. What's important is what the Holy Spirit wants to be done in this house because we have prayed and our prayer team have prayed and we want an outpour, outpouring of his presence in the house. 
and we want want we want people the mailman the the people that deliver the paper and all that we want them when they walk in here to feel the power of God and the conviction of the spirit and not just see a nice little house but something will grab his spirit and make an impression on him and so today I want to make a fresh impression of us of Isaiah 53 and I this is what I want our service to be this morning you know, the, the word of God says in Isaiah, Ho, everyone that thirst has come. And God is saying to the church today more than he's ever said that I've ever known. And he's saying, come to me, come to me, come to my word, come to my blessing, come to the body and the blood that was given for you. And let us rise up as an army of generals, you know, fighting the battle for for the kingdom of God. And, and when we come to church let us feel the power of the presence. Let us let the, let the word of God just be alive in our hearts. You know, it's so easy to be sitting in church and the spirit of the Lord moving and us to just kind of some to just look around and just, you know, turn their pages, pick their nails, something like that. When when we are serious, we are only here for 45 minutes with the word of God. And we need to take in that word to the depth of our toes. You know, into our soul and into our spirit, and we need to be mindful that the hour is so late. And so what I want to do, this is the message this morning, to remember the blessing. And when we see this, when we read this chapter, and probably I've read it, maybe some of you can quote it, but I just want the Spirit of the Lord to just move into your heart in a supernatural way. It says, who has to believe the report? Uh, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Now, um, I need I need seven I need twelve volunteers. I want twelve volunteers, and just if you just stand who you are to a twelve of you, and you got to be a reader. Get your Bible, and let, I want to just start over here with Toy. Just go around the house. And let's read chapter 53, because you know what? I can't see it. But God can. You know what I'm saying? My Bible is too small. So let's start with Toy, and if you just read one verse and go to the next one and read around the church. And be mindful. When we receive the bread and the fruit of the vine, we receive a blessing. It's not just the emblems, it's not just what is said, but it is a blessing. And, you know, so often we say to one another, bless you. When we say bless you, we're saying the body and the blood of Jesus be with you. You know, it's so much more, church. There's people saying blessing all over the world, and they have no understanding what the blessing is. But the greatest blessing that was ever given to humanity was that he redeemed our soul. That is the blessing. It is the salvation of our heart and our life. And in case you, I want to give you a, a explanation of, of blessing. Blessing means God's favor. When you say to bless somebody, you're asking the favor of God to be upon him. So I think we should be careful with our blessings. And I think that we should give our blessings. When we give a blessing, it should have a deep thought of Christ's body, which was broken for us, and, and his blood that was spilt for us. It also means protection. 
When you say bless you or in Israel they say shalom, they're speaking peace and blessing. So we need to understand, you know, Christianity is is pretty lame today. It's pretty surface. It's pretty lip. It's pretty tradition. It's all those things. But when will we bow our hearts in submission to him? When will we be vocal with our our blessings to the to the saints and when will we be vocal that he died for us and when will we be vocal about his sufferings that he suffered if you read that right here in these scriptures he was stricken he was smitten that all through that chapter he was bruised and he was taken advantage of and nobody even remembers the psych the psyche of him when he hung on the cross and he was bleeding and dying for a human and they were walking in front of him cursing him and mocking him nobody understands how that feels do you know understand how it feels when you do something good to someone and they abuse you or they don't respond and you know you feel bad you you go home and you feel bad about something but jesus never felt bad he just asked the father to forgive us and I think that it would be good always when we have Holy Communion to pause and to meditate. That's what happened this morning as soon as we opened the service, you know, and begin to worship Lord and say, I come to worship. And, you know, in the old Pentecostal days when they worshiped, they worshiped. You knew the people across the church were worshiping because they were vocal from the depths of their heart. It's not a show. You know, it's that your heart is moved, your heart is softened, and there was weeping, there was crying, and there was all these emotions. You know, we don't talk about emotions today. There's the emotions that we have in our world today are evil and wicked. The the world has more emotions sometimes than the church because we need to know if we go to a ball game, if my team wins, I'm vocal. You know, well, our team is is winning, has won, and is winning, and the church should be vocal about their their thanksgiving, you know. But God moves in the heart, God moves in the mind, God moves in the soul, and God moves in the body. It's all part of what God desires us. So when we say some, we bless somebody, we're blessing them with the body of Christ and the bread of Christ, the brokenness. You know, that we're blessing them with the thought of their salvation being so great. You know, we sometimes we lived in salvation for, I've lived in salvation for, for many years. And we just think, well, I'm in blessing and the blessing is there. But the blessing is so much more than just saying peace to you, be good. You know, the blessing is the broken body, the suffering of body in that whole chapter. I think if the church would read that whole chapter every day for a month, I think it would begin to get into our spirit and our depth that somebody bled and died for us, that somebody gave their life for us, and that because of that, we can live eternally. And I know the church knows this, but blessing means God's favor and God's protection. And in the dictionary, it says that blessing is something in which is great, in which we are grateful for, and it brings well-being, and it, it invokes divine favor. I mean, that's what Webster wrote. That's what the dictionary is. And if you read the new dictionary, some of this is not in it because they took out things that are spiritual. Just like they're taking things, spiritual things out of our children in the schools and placing the evil things in them. And I know that God is calling the church to a deeper relationship. 
I know that God is calling us to more of him, more uh, tra- no less transgressions and more of the power of God. And I think every one of us, if we evaluate ourselves, and that's what we're supposed to do in communion, and today I will give us time to do that because sometimes we read that scripture that says, you know, if you've been out of whack, it's not a scripture, but if you've been out of sorts with God, it says you to examine yourself before you take the cup and before you break the bread. And that simply means that at that moment you can get everything right with God and you can walk out that door a, a whole perfect person for the moment until you get back into the world and the flesh begins to harass you. So for for a, a moment in the glints of time and the time of communion, you know, we're free, we're clean, we're whole, we're 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 just it's a supernatural thing if you can get it in your mind what God is saying, you know, if you stop and you examine yourself and you say, "Lord, I know this is what's wrong. I know this is what I do that I shouldn't. But here's the problem, church. Unless we fill ourselves with the word of God, we won't always understand what we're doing that's wrong. Can I say it again? If we don't fill ourselves with the word of God, we don't have a conviction that something that we're doing is wrong. It doesn't have to be adultery. It doesn't have to be gambling or alcohol. It has to be something God is dealing with us in our spirit to change. We know it, and it's just hard for us, and we'd rather not do it. It's like when I go on a diet, you know. I know what I shouldn't do, but I do it anyhow. And that's what we do in Christianity. We go on a diet from the Word of God, and when He wants to talk to us, He can't get to us, and we can't change because we don't have an unkling of what's going on because we aren't filled with the Word of God. The Word of God is powerful. Like Sunday school lesson this morning, it was telling us how to to go into a church, into a house, and show the power of Christ. It was talking all about that. And I expect that many of us, we read through the Bible and we've read that chapter, but it was never really powerful until it was broken down. This is what God wants. And so it is with communion. We have to break that down and we have to see what, how holy is it and what did he do for it. Every time we take it, we're taking that whole chapter of rejection, sorrow, heartache, and affliction. We're taking all that in when we take the body and the blood. And it's not just a little cup, and it's not just a piece of wafer. I hate the wafer. I want to see the bread. The Bible doesn't say, I am the wafer of heaven. It says, I am the bread. See, but that's how we get off. That's how we get off. We we find an easier way to do something that God wants us to do. And they do it in churches all across the land. But it doesn't say that. The Word of God does not say, take a wafer. I think he will honor it. Because he will always honor our love toward him. But the point is, take the bread. Because it makes a difference that we do what the word of God says. So to to bless somebody is to bless them with divine favor. To bless them with the broken body of Christ and the shed blood. That's what it says when you say, God bless you. And it's important to see that. And in this is really interesting. Because in the Old English... The Old English, I can't pronounce the word, but uh, the blood in the Old English, is this is the interpretation, to mark or consecrate with blood. And see, we moved from these things in all of the interpretations and things. But 
to say a blessing means that you're going to consecrate yourself, the giver that you're giving it to, and um, in, in, with blood. You know that's what the priests did in the Old Testament. They killed an animal and they consecrated the altar. Everything that was anything to do with God, they consecrated it with blood. And church, we don't have to do that today. We don't have to kill the cow. You know, we don't have to do those things because Jesus already did it for us. And I, I pray that the church of Jesus Christ at large would be so much more mindful. If you had to ser- study a sermon for this, like I did, then it gets in your spirit, you know, and you, you have to know, you have to have a depth if you're going to share this with people. And when you start to do that, I read that chapter. If you, I can't read it because it's so marked up in my Bible, I, I couldn't read it, you know, and so, but yet, when I came to study this week, it was all new and it was all fresh. And God was speaking more powerful than he's ever spoke to me in the communion season. And I always try to have a message when we do communion because I always like to spend more time than a minute to pass the cup. And I just believe that God was here this morning because he knew that we were going to honor this and he led me to just read the chapter and let people read it so that when you see it and you read it it gets into your spirit so it's also to blessing means to invoke divine favor and to 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 invoke that upon who you're saying it to you know and that that's so important but we take it just as a word of kindness and it's so much more when you read it in the Latin, it means to worship until you feel perfect bliss. What is bliss, church? It's um, Bliss means greatest joy, spiritual blessedness that reaches after death. See, after we get to eternal life, we're going to have the really powerful, true joy, the perfect joy. The 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 clean. Our lives will be cleaned up, and we'll have that clear, clean joy in God. And it, it, it's just it, it, it's just a blessing to us to have the cup of blessing. And I I when I got all done with this, and I toggled up in my computer, in 1919 came up a sermon called. The cup of blessing. So I've always said I never preach the same message. Can't say it anymore. It's a whole different message. But it was, I saw the cup then. But since then, you know, I never thought about the cup since. Except when we receive communion. When the cup should always be in our heart and our spirit. You know, we reach up a cup at the table and it's that, might, that should go through our mind. I, I remember this cup of blessing that Jesus gave for me. And we p- pick up a piece of bread, a nice big piece of Italian bread with, with uh, a lot of garlic butter on it. And we pick it up. And as it comes to our mouth, we should think this kind of thing was broken for my salvation. You know, we are not as spiritual as we used to be. The church of God at large, not the church of God, but his church at large, you, they, we've lost the spirit of holiness. We've lost a spirit of remembrance. We've lost the spirit 
of just having a talk about Jesus. Now, if you have your Bible studies, you've always been talking about him. But And we have prayer meeting, and they talk about him. We talk about him in church. But, you know, when we go our way and we get in the cares of this life and the busyness of this world, that's when we really need to think about him because he has promised to go with us, protect us, take care of us, and look after the needs of our life. So how important that that is. So when you bless somebody, think more spiritual. In fact, the church needs to be more spiritual. Not spiritual in religiosity, but spiritual in the love for God until anybody that talks to you is just going to notice that there's something going on that's different in their life if they're not a Christian. And they'll either hate you or they'll bless you. But they won't just stay the same if they come in contact with with an individual who has the power and the presence of the Lord in them. The Bible says in uh, Isaiah, come, come and buy and drink and eat with no food. And in this passage, chapter Isaiah 55, he says, come two times and he says, incline your ear. And that's what we need to do in the season when we receive Holy Communion. We need to come to it. We need to incline our ear to what what it says in the Word of God, what we read, because this emblem of blessing came to us out of a lot of suffering, heartache, and pain. You know, when I get pain, I whine. Jesus never whined. He just looked down from heaven. I'm sure tears were rolling and mixing with the blood that they had abused him with, and he asked the Lord to forgive them for for what they did. And that's kind of hard because in this past year, I've gone through some things, some changes, a couple, the last two or three years since COVID-19. And, and I, I hung on to that attitude. I was angry. And then I asked the Lord in, my, in a communion, you know, to please examine me. And I go, this is not good. This is bad. Nobody had to tell me the Spirit of the Lord did it. And he will do it when you ask him to examine you today. He will tell you, I want you to change this in your life. And it doesn't have to be a big, bad sin. It just might be the way we respond. It just might be a little thing that we hold in our heart because somebody hurt us. But I'm happy to say to you today that, that the Lord finally got a hold of me. And I finally got it taken care of. And I finally did what he asked me to do. And, it, you know, sometimes God has to deal with us. And so communion is the greatest time to make changes in your life, especially when you have to teach it. So today I'm going to ask uh, Donnie if he would join me on the platform. And uh, he's going to uh, offer the, I call them emblems, but he's going to offer the bread and the wine to you. And I I wanted us to read this chapter today that we would understand a part of the suffering that Jesus did, that we could be free, that we could have eternal life. I mean, eternal life is not not free. Jesus paid the price for it. And uh, so uh, I hear Paul in Corinthians say, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you. Do you understand that the, the what we're doing is holy? Communion. Do you understand that when you hold the cup and you hold the bread and you examine yourself 
and you feel the presence of the Lord and you communicate with him. I've seen some people I know aren't saying one thing. They're just passing by and drinking and eating and they have no thought of what they're drinking and what they're eating. And I've been in huge um, ministerial meetings and conventions and they pass it, you know, and everything. That side's already took it before this side gets it. And nobody is really pondering what does this mean and how did this, what did this do in my life and how can I share this with someone else that they might find salvation. And so it's not, not just a time to take the cup and break the bread, but it's a time to examine ourselves. That takes a few minutes, church. And then it takes a, a moment to reflect. You can come and get it ready, honey. You, a moment then to reflect on why don't you why don't we make some kind of a promise to God that we will work on some pro- project in our life so that we can go from this place know that we're clean before the Lord and that we're on our way to change change for the glory of God and it never hurts to change church so in the cup and in the bread is communion it's not called communion for no reason. It's communion that in this moment you'll commune with us. So I'm going to just ask Phyllis if she would work a little bit in the middle of it <laughs> and give us some music. <laughs> 